0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates' national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. The whole concept of the New Year's resolution, as if you don't already feel badly enough about your own failure to be who it is you aspire to be, let's go ahead and set an unrealistic bar about some change you're going to make about yourself entering the new year so you can disappoint yourself quickly and immediately as the new year begins. I hate New Year's resolutions.
1: Uh, there you go. Bye. Right. I would have a hard time sleeping with myself. The G-Man. I'm going commando, baby. Chris one up and took a little stroll and let the food digest as Mary Jane did her magic. And
0: now Chris can never return to Missouri when there will be an outstanding warrant for his <laughs> right. arrest. Mike, did you know that I've
1: never needed makeup in my life? Show me something, Daniel Jones. Show me those beautiful North Carolina legs
0: going to see your rigmarole and see your finagle, and I'm going to raise you a super incumbent. One. One. Maybe he decided I'm going to wear black until we get to 500 and then I'm going to wear my shirt of which George Costanza stretched out the neck hole. Thanks, always. I'm like, hey. Woo-wee, horsey. I'm out. See you later. I'm not watching this shit. We haven't had one of those in a while. Best of January. I love them. I, it's been so long since we had a best of. Maybe there's been nothing worthy of being regarded as best of anything. Maybe it was a reflection on us. Regardless, it's now February 1. It's crazy. The one-year anniversary of the God. Tom Brady fake retirement and the one-year anniversary of the filing of the lawsuit by Brian Flores that made the Tom Brady fake retirement a return to Tampa Bay because it blew up his opportunity to go to the Dolphins that was one of the vacancies last year. There are two remaining this year. Only five total in 2023. Three have now been filled. The last two, the Colts and the Cardinals. Let's start with the Colts. 13 candidates were interviewed. I got no Seven clue. Seven have been back for a second interview. No clue. Rich Pisaccia, Jeff Saturday, Shane Steichen, Giro Evero, Raheem Morris, Dan Quinn, Brian Callan. I've, and I and I I assume at some point Eric Beni coming back. This is the week where you can interview him a second time if right. you interviewed him previously because obviously his team's still alive. I think Beni in this mix as well. So there's eight I altogether, think so too, right, Chris? I I don't want to be overly simplistic about this, but I can't help but envision at some point in the next week or two there will be a video of Jim Ursay either on his plane or standing outside his plane while the engine is running and it's hard to hear what he's saying, saying that I interviewed 13 different people and we had an extensive list of second interviews and a very careful process. And through it all, I became even more and more convinced that with the right seasoning and grooming and opportunity, Jeff Saturday will become the best of any of those individuals, and if, if this was if this was all some sort of elaborate setup to boost the perception of Jeff Saturday, all those other guys should be pissed off. But I un, un, until they hire someone other than Jeff Saturday, I feel like that's what this all was. I,
1: I, I think a lot of people are going to continue to think that, that this is all just you know a facade to to basically hire Jeff Saturday. Uh, that's certainly still percolating in my brain. I, I wouldn't, you know, suggest that to mister Ursay, that's for sure. I wouldn't. You know, I'd go game those there's a lot of good candidates there. And not to say Jeff Saturday couldn't be one one day. I just don't think he's ready for prime time yet. You hire him right now, you'll be in the bottom quartile of the bottom quartile of the bottom quartile. That's what I'll tell you. That's what I think. So <laughs> that's where they gotta and no hanging up banners. We're in the bottom quartile of the bottom quartile. That, so I, I felt like a week ago, that you know it seemed like steam was kind of gaining, and it seemed like it would be eric Bieniemy maybe i it's kind of the 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 feel I got through the grapevine of the NFL right I don't know how you felt about it um but I have no clue as it sits right now, and then with this many second interviews and everything there uh, i'm I'm interested to see where this goes, and yeah, that Saturday conversation still hovers over this, but man, I mean they've interviewed some. Great candidates, Basaccia, Shane Steichen, EJ Everett, Raheem Morris. I mean, those are guys I would go, yeah, higher, higher, higher. Like they're, They got big-time potential, um, but uh, I don't know where it's going to go and how much longer this is going to drag out.
0: Well, and uh, it, it really will complicate things for the Colts if – they hire Jeff Saturday for a couple of reasons. And one is, and I mentioned the Brian Flores litigation being one year old as of today. And one point that we've been trying very hard to get people to understand, because I think it's counterintuitive. Most folks think that if someone sues you, you have every right to shun them for the rest of their existence. I don't want someone here who sued me. Why would I want to employ someone who sued me? Well, because when you sue someone for racial discrimination, it is a protected activity for which there shall be no retaliation. You can't consider it. You can't hold it against them. And I mention that, Chris, because of the 13 names that were interviewed initially by the Colts before they cut it to this second wave of at least seven, right. Brian Flores didn't get an interview. Yeah. Steve Wilkes, who filed a racial discrimination lawsuit against the Cardinals, joined the Brian Flores effort didn't get an interview and if you hire Jeff Saturday after going one in seven one in seven proving everyone right who said why is this guy the interim head coach you're asking for a ticket to the dance you're asking for a seat at the defense table because we've already seen Steve Wilkes lawyer come out and say basically to the Panthers if you're going to be part of this now too for not hiring Steve Wilkes to be your coach, because the argument will be there's some level of retaliation against Wilkes for standing up to big shield. Flores and Wilkes could could make, I think, a a pretty persuasive argument for being excluded 13 interviews. How do you not interview Flores when you're interviewing all these other folks? How do you not at least do some work on Wilkes when you're interviewing all these other folks? The more you interview, the more glaring it is that the guys who have pending lawsuit against your business partners – that's, that, that makes it even more noteworthy. And if you hire the guy who's unqualified, that makes it even harder to talk your way out of it, Chris.
1: Well, yeah, certainly. I mean, you, you know, forget Wilkes or Flores. I mean, just, geez, yeah. If you hire Jeff Saturday over guys like EJ Everett or Raheem Morris, it just, that doesn't have a good luck, period. It doesn't. I mean, those are two like awesome defensive minds. Raheem Morris has been doing it for quite some time now. Uh, the, yeah, that just doesn't look right in itself. So that is a major factor in this whole situation. And, you know, I, and, and the Cardinals one's another one where I, you know, again, maybe last week I thought, well, it just kind of seems like it's going to go Brian Flores. I'd be shocked if it's not Brian Flores, the head coach, but as it stands now, I'm not sure there either. So I'm going to be interested to see what either one of these teams do here uh, with these last two remaining spots and who they go with and, and, and you know kind of start the direction
0: of their team. The Arizona Cardinals have indeed interviewed Brian Flores and a point I made last week: unless you hire Sean Payton in Arizona, you're putting yourself in the crosshairs for a Brian Flores claim that you didn't hire him in whole or in part in retaliation for the fact that he's engaged in protected activities, especially since the Cardinals are one of the defendants in the case, not from a claim made by Flores, but from the Wilkes claim. I, I feel like Flores – and I've seen reports out there and comments that they really liked Flores when they interviewed him the last time around. They just didn't hire him. I think maybe even 2018, right. the year they hired Steve Wilkes. And yeah. uh, I. I th- this is one of those where – it's it's easier to just keep your hand away from the fire altogether like Ursay did, not interviewing Flores or Wilkes. Michael Bidwell's putting his hand awfully damn close to the fire, and that's what the Texans did last year. They made Flores one of the finalists right after he filed his lawsuit and then went off the board and hired Lovey Smith, creating the argument from Flores that you didn't hire me because I've filed a race discrimination lawsuit against the NFL, the league that you operate under. So I, I, you know, there's been some talk that it's going to be Flores because number one, he's the best thing right now for Kyler Murray. He's he's the exact opposite of Cliff Kingsbury, and number two, it makes good business sense. And Michael Bidwell, a lawyer, a former prosecutor, astute enough to understand how it helps him if he hires Flores and how it hurts him if he doesn't.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, I'm sure he understands. You know, all the the things that are around this this. You know, this whole particular conversation for sure. Flores to me, again, is he's put on earth to be an NFL head coach. And I think he could be just what the doctor ordered as far as Kyler Murray a little bit. Yeah, you know, it's, it's just not the red carpet and rose petals on the floor. It's going to be a little bit more. No, this is how we win football games. And I'm not here to be your best buddy and always make you feel good and all that. I'm the head coach of the football team. Uh, I think that would be a, a total culture shock. Or at least a reversal in culture there with Arizona if you bring Brian Flores in. I'm, I'm, I'm of course a huge fan of him, but we'll see. The Cardinals too. We know what they're going to re- interview both uh, Bengals coordinators this week, deservedly so. I'm a huge Lou and Arumo fan, as you are. We've talked about this last last week. I don't know how he's not more seriously wasn't in all these conversations. Uh these are a lot of good candidates, but yeah, the whole lawsuit, Flores Wilkes, all that is kind of hovering over this situation and I think is, you know, making us a little more intrigued than we normally would be just because of that.
0: Under normal circumstances, I would have more to say, but there is literally breaking news that will blow your mind. Is that and right? I'm not BSing there. We're gonna take a break and we're gonna delve into it. Stick around and you'll find out what it is right after Holy this. Holy crap, the- I wanna know. What is it? Somebody text me, please. for supporting me, my family, my friends, teammates, my competitors. Uh, I could go on forever. There's too many. Um, Thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Love you all. Well, that was unexpected. Tom Brady, on the one-year anniversary of his fake retirement, actually retires out of the blue with no advance notice to any of the info bots nothing nothing and he's down at the ocean somewhere i have this vision of they, they use this device a couple of times in Seinfeld where one of the characters is contemplating a big decision it's out deep on a dock and there's seagulls flying around. I, I have this vision that Tom Brady walked out onto a dock somewhere and leaned over and pondered the ocean and finally decided, you know what? Screw it. I'm done. But it is stunning. And Chris, I got to give you credit. You said all along he's playing till he's 45. He's playing till he's 45. He's playing till he's 45. He's not playing next year. And there are all these suggestions, people close to him, Rodney Harrison, the same day Rodney interviewed him, Christmas in Arizona. Rodney says, I think he's playing for somebody other than the Bucks next year. And this 49ers opportunity opens up with Brock Purdy's elbow injury. Right. Tom Brady, one year to the day after he didn't really retire, says he's retiring. And one thing he said on the Let's Go podcast during the season, the next time I do it, I am not coming back. Yeah. I mean, it's,
1: uh, I'm shocked. I guess I'm shocked just to hear it right now today, all of that. Right. I mean, I knew this was a possibility, but I thought maybe there might be a little bit of a, you know, a flirtation process. Let me just see if there's one team here that makes sense to where I can make one last run. Yeah. I mean, knowing, you know, some people in Brady's orbit and whatever else, 45 was always the number. So that's why I said that. But damn, I mean as we got to the end of the year, I was going, I don't know. It seems like he might play again. I don't know what to think anymore. I don't. Either way, like it's it's I'm happy for Tom Brady. I am. I mean, it's it's I, he's I'm happy that, you know, hopefully he's at peace with this, the decision and I at the same time I'm sad too. I'm sad for him cuz I know how much he loves the sport. You know, he's obsessed with it. And he's been the greatest competitor and most dedicated person I've ever seen in my life towards football. He has. And, you know, and he's made the most out of every opportunity. He is literally the poster child for if you work hard and do all the things right, you can accomplish more than your dreams can ever imagine. Because he certainly has been other quarterbacks with more talent than he has. But his talent was always, I think, a little underappreciated for how talented he was. But all the other stuff was just off the charts and I mean legend of legend and you know in his own area of the Hall of Fame that's for sure
0: well and he developed that thing that we're seeing from Joe Burrow that knack for making big throw big spot rising to the occasion embracing and relishing those moments they are fleeting and he never shied away from it and never got caught up in his own thoughts and never played it safe always went for it and always delivered on the biggest of stages. Seven Super Bowl championships for Tom Brady. A deflating way to go out. And I don't mean that as a pun. It really is an odd way for the season and his career to end. Home game against the Cowboys. They got out of class start to finish. He had that trip that he was not criticized as much as he should have been for. That that Bush League play because he was upset that Malik Hooker had recovered a fumble. And they were down 24 nothing. It's just... You hate that to be your last moment. But I think he realized it was impossible to engineer it so that he would walk away holding a trophy. And he probably thinks at some level he should have listened to those close to him who were saying after number five, after number six, after number seven, this is the time to walk away.
1: Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be, you know, maybe a little regret. It was a tough year not only on the football field, but, you know, as, you know, these are things we knew, but, but, you know, the public is finally realizing, I think with some of the articles that have come over the last two weeks, just how difficult, you know, the divorce was from Giselle Bunchen and the things they went through in August. And this is a guy who I think, you know, wants to be a good husband and father, but loves and is obsessed with something and loves that too. And it, it obviously, You know, put a thorn in the relationship. And we saw he lost weight. We talked about it. We knew, you know, that it was stressing his life out. He was heartbroken, obviously. He was. Um, So, what? I mean, it was a tough year. But, damn, I mean, I don't know. My last, you know, thought of Tom Brady certainly won't be the Cowboys gamer this year. There's so many. He won. I don't give a damn how much this year or what it looked like the last game. He won. He had so many magical moments. I mean, gosh, damn, 20 years straight of just like, well, it's Brady in New England. Well, it's Brady in New England. Oh, they don't look as good this year. Oh, it's the playoffs. Watch out. It doesn't matter. It's Brady in New England. They're going to turn it on to another level here. They're never out of it. It doesn't matter. What? Two seed, three seed, one seed, doesn't matter. Going to be in the Super Bowl conversation. Uh, It's just really never happened like that in football through that extended period of time. And I don't know if it ever will happen ever again.
0: Now, an ultra next-level cynic. And I, 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 I can be very cynical, but... I, no,
1: you? Not you.
0: But, well, well hey, <laughs> hey. I mean, Chris, we've seen time and again I know how many lies are told. I mean, Brady himself has said 90% of the things he says publicly aren't the truth, so you need somebody who's... And I, I remember, I used to be very naive and gullible, because life is easier when you just believe everything you're told. You don't have to filter through what's ignorance is bliss. And what's not the truth. Right. how am i being manipulated? Right. Okay. And i remember going to law school. August September 1988 and one of my professors said, "My job is to give you a crap filter." And <laughs> there's a lot of crap out there and you need to be able to filter the crap from the truth. So, i was kind of programmed that way starting at age 23 and i say all that as the wind up to this reality He's got a movie coming out this weekend <laughs> this, this, I, I, hey, deliberate or not, this is a hell of a way to get people to go see a movie that by all appearances is going to suck <laughs> I, sorry sorry Jane and Liz and and Rita and Sally, but uh is that is that who's who wait? who all's in it? I, all's you said
1: some it? of them right yeah, it, it,
0: no Lily Lily Oh Lily Liz, Tomlin, Lily you right. hey, no. knew. They know who we mean. But but an ultra next level cynic would say this is all part of the promotion because he was just at the premiere last night. He goes to the premiere of 80 for Brady. And I just wonder, in some quiet moment, did Jane Fonda impart some (laughs) wisdom, some kernel that caused him to wake up this morning and have great perspective and realize it's time to get on with my life? Realize it's time to move on to other things. Who knows? Maybe he's going to get into acting. Maybe he's going to make more movies. Maybe he's going to play somebody other than himself in a movie at some point. We'll see. But we've seen others try and fail, but we've seen a few try and thrive. So there's pretty Just last night, Love just it. last cool night, outfit. what do you do with your hands in a movie premiere? It's actually kind of funny. But I I can't, I regardless of whether he intended it, and 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 may, you know what? Maybe it's a true retirement, and he just realized, I may as well do it now to get people to go see this movie. And he was going to retire anyway. He was just picking the right time. But it's not – there are no coincidences. If I believe what I say when I say there are no coincidences, this is going to get more people to go see that movie than otherwise would have gone to see that movie. I think we can – we can say that with some degree of confidence.
1: Well, yeah, I don't doubt that. I don't doubt that. Now, now listen, I, I got some of that cynic in me as well, okay? All right? You know, my mom raised me to question things, and, you know, she's a, a, a girl from Jersey. She's got some Jersey street smart. so I'm with you there. My cynic brain and all that goes to, well, Damn, the teams he really wanted to go to told him no yesterday. That's where, that's where my brain goes, right? He talked well, to the Raiders, that, and they were like, hey, we, you know, I like you, Tom, but it's not going to work out. And he was on the phone with the 49ers, and they were like, uh, Tom, we like you, but damn, we got Brock and Trey, and we got so many damn things here. Uh, that, that's where my mind goes. Now, I don't know if any of that's true. That's a great point, too. Yeah.
0: Hey, and it, it may just be that he came to the conclusion, they're not going to be rolling out the red carpet for me. This isn't going to be like it was three years ago. right? Like, they, they need some time. Well, Tom, we need some time. We need to see how some of these other things yeah, work out. Right, yeah, we're, right. we're going to consider you. You're our guy, but I got to see, you know, we got some other irons in the fire here. So maybe he didn't get the kind of of Love, overwhelming yeah, right. reception. Yeah, yeah, where, you know, last year the Dolphins were like, come on, Tom, come on, Tom, come on, Tom. This year they're not. Now, Now, if Tom had pursued them, maybe they would have warmed up to it. But I think you may be onto something just from the perspective of there wasn't a sense of a looming land rush like there was three years ago. There wasn't that sense that there's somebody with this grand plan where he rides into town. No, it was more of a, well, Tom, OK, we'll give you due consideration. And he's never been treated that way. And that may have been part of the rude awakening that gets him to say Hey, you know what? If this is the way it's going to be, I'm done. I'll go I'll go make the Fox money. And now that's going to be the next question. Does he go straight to Fox and bump Greg Olson out of the booth at a time when Greg Olson is becoming the toast of the town? Damn, he's and there good. are people who are saying, we want Greg Olson. Right, yeah, good. we want Greg Olson. There's right. been all this. Greg Olson is what they thought Tony Romo was going to be. And Romo is down and Olson is up. And now Brady elbows his way in and Olson gets bumped back to number two. That's not going to make for the most... Seamless and easy arrival for Tom Brady. He may want to take a year off. He may not want to bump Greg Olson out. They may want to do a three-man booth with Olson and Brady. By the time it's all said and done, frankly, but uh, that's the next chapter here. When does he go work for Fox and make thirty-seven and a half million a year? Yeah, sure, it is. I, you know,
1: I saw Greg Olson. He was asked about some of these things last week. He knows what he signed up for. He knows it's Tom Brady Lumen. Either way, he's he's made the most of his opportunity, and to like what you were just saying, Greg Olson's great. You know, he's he's turned the corner to be one of the best announcers in the game. So I, he'll land on his feet. He might have to be number two at Fox for a little while, but uh, he he has certainly, I think, established himself as one of the marquee you know announcers in the game.
0: Um, but yeah, you, you're right with the Brady thing. But I'm, Chris, Chris, yeah. let me let me just yeah. add one more point. Yeah, here's what it's going to do. Right. It's going to make everyone inclined to be hypercritical of Brady from the get-go yeah, because I they you. like Olsen. Right. This is the guy that's replacing Olsen, so you better be damn good. And we've already been force-fed 20-plus years how great Tom Brady is. All right, all right, Tom, go ahead. Show us what you got. And if it ain't what we want, and if it ain't Greg Olsen, we're going to tweet about it, we're going to write about it, we're going to talk about it, and we're going to say how bad you are at this job. It just adds more pressure to Tom Brady in this next act – Whenever he starts. It,
1: it does. It, I, I don't disagree with you there. Uh, but, damn, if there's one guy that I know can handle a little pressure, it's him. And I, and I do think he's got the personality. And you know, If he's just willing to let it go a little bit and not worry about, hey, oh, man, this guy over here might not like me after I say that, I, I think he'll be phenomenal. Uh, because Tom Brady in a real setting where he's not worried about what everybody thinks of him is a pretty awesome, entertaining guy. And hopefully he can show that. You know, and then the playing thing, Mike. Yeah, it. It. it I. I kind of agree with what you you were saying there too. I just don't think there was a team that was going to roll out a red carpet. It's different than when he went to Tampa, or even last year, where you could sell to your organization. Wait, we're going to have him multiple years, right? You know, I even think last year they were they could sell it like, hey, this is going to be Brady for. We'll get him for two years here in Miami and of course in in Tampa before that you know they knew that it was going to be more than a, a one year rental type of thing so uh, that's where i think it, it became a little bit of a, a cloudy picture probably for him too is because we kind of hit on this in previous weeks you know every team yeah hey we want Tom Brady great oh but you know this kind of 46 is going to be it and we're going to need another quarterback the next year that's where it's a little different, I think, as well, let alone he is going to be 46, and we saw a dip in his play. Even though he's still good, we did see a dip in his play. So I just think the stars maybe aligned finally to where he realized it was time to move on and, and do better things in life.
0: One other reality, the fact that Aaron Rodgers will be back this year. Because remember, we said this last year, Aaron Rodgers is not going to want to go into the Hall of Fame the same year as Tom Brady <laughs> Right. because it will be right. Tom Brady with Aaron Rodgers. Brady gets his year, and then Rodgers his, gets gets his year the next year or the year after that. makes me even more convinced we'll see him again. Here is a, a, a tweet from Jeff Darlington, who's been very plugged in with Brady in recent years. Tom Brady informed the Bucs today at 6 a.m. he'd be retiring. One aspect I'd been mentioning for a bit now, Brady for months implied to many close to him that it was going to either be a return to Tampa or retirement. Tough for many to believe, including those close, but he meant it. Um, and, and, hey, I— I, I, okay, fine. <laughs> uh, it, again, it it meshes with your take. The others aren't lining up to sign him, so he can say it was Tampa or no one. I. I, I, I'm i more inclined to believe that he was willing to explore other options until he realized the other options weren't going to be as zealous in their pursuit of him as maybe he had expected.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I think so. You know, I'm, I'm sure we'll hear some things, you know, either way, whatever. The GOAT is retiring. And, I mean, holy shit. I mean, the guy was amazing. His some of his records and stats, right, Mike? I, I don't know when some of these are going to be broken. I, I really don't. It, it, I mean, you know, Babe Ruth, the home run king, and all those, you know, Hank Aaron, how long some of those great records in sports lasted. I, I think Brady, damn, you know, we are sitting here when, when I'm 80 and you're dead, but I'll be 80 and I'll go, damn, nobody's even close to Brady yet still. And here we are 40 years after you're retired. Uh, I just, I, he's made such a mark on the sport that, gosh, it, it's a hundred years from now we're going to be talking about Tom Brady is still one of the greatest things in the history of the NFL.
0: Why are you convinced that I'm going to be dead when you're <laughs> I don't know. It just sounded
1: better that way. <laughs> Listen,
0: I'd be 95 when you're you 80. You could probably do it. The it's Italian
1: really, stallion in you probably can do it. Yes.
0: You'll experience this in about 15 years when I'm. God, 72. <laughs> but um, as you get closer to 60, even when, when, when I was about to turn 50, I start doing the math. It's like 10 years is 60, 20 years is 70, 30 years is 80. Well, I remember 30 years ago. Yeah. It didn't seem like that long ago. Right. Like I remember 20. I remember 20 pretty vividly. And it doesn't say, and it's just kind of like, like that. So uh-oh, <laughs> and the clock's ticking, baby. It's Enjoy your corner. life while you can. And, right. and that, that's a message for anyone at any age. We don't want to turn this into some sort of a dark exercise. And But maybe Tom Brady's realizing that, too. He's 45. hes I remember when I turned 45, the first thing I thought was, holy shit, I'm halfway to 90. And I suspect that, that Tom Brady's had that thought at some point over the course of a very tumultuous 45th year on earth and uh, he's moving on to other things. But I think everything that we've discussed bears consideration. Number one, he was always going to play until he's 45. Number two, they weren't lining up to kiss his butt and get him on their team ASAP. Number three, he is promoting a movie. And uh, number four, maybe he's had some broader awakening sparked by something that was said to him by Jane Fonda or lily aka liz tomlin or rita moreno or sally field or some combination of the four last night at the premiere maybe that's what happened but uh, regardless that will be dominating the discussion for the balance of the day and the coverage at profootballtalk.com for now we're going to take a break we'll talk about something else other than tom brady possibly when pft live <laughs> continues <to catch> us) <laughs>
2: VR training platforms, like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International, are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com/slash metaverse impact. I'm excited to,
0: to go out and, and show what I can do. Uh, same same situation that it's been for me the last two years. Uh, and really my whole life. Uh, nothing nothing has really changed. And, I'm still the, the same mindset. I don't read your guys' articles. Unfortunately for you guys, sorry. Um, but and I know people do, and that's just part of it. That's part of this job. That's part of business. Uh, but if I'm worried about that stuff, you know, I've said it a million times. I just worry about what these guys think in this locker room, uh, what the coaches think, what people
2: in this organization think. Anything outside of that, uh, it's totally out of my control.
0: Trey Lance. Two years into the NFL, extra pressure placed upon him, given everything that the 49ers invested to move up to get him. There's enough pressure being the third overall pick in the draft. i felt bad for this guy for two years. You come in with the weight of expectation. They gave up three ones and a three to get you. He didn't play much as a rookie. And then last year in week two, after that weird week one monsoon game, In Chicago, which told us nothing about the long-term prospects for Trey Lance. He breaks an ankle and now he he says that he's not far away from being ready to go and he'll be ready for off-season workouts. And that's good. That's good for the 49ers, especially now that Tom Brady's off the table. Because Chris, one of the dominant storylines following the Brock Purdy elbow injury, more on him in a second, was that Tom Brady's finally in play after wanting to join the team in 2020 and being rebuffed you and I both agree that something was going on last year and it it didn't happen this is the year that maybe the 49ers would have been interested and now Tom Brady's out of the mix so it's going to be Lance and it's going to be Purdy we'll see who's healthy and we'll see who's better when week one rolls around
1: yeah it's it's a it's a crazy conversation you know and you're right with the Trey Lance thing there's a ton of pressure on him let alone You know, he took over a team that I think we all even saw, okay, wait, it was third pick of the draft, but they're still really good. Like, they should be, you know, one of the better teams in the NFC. That adds to the pressure on Trey Lance. This is, to me, one of the the most crazy, intriguing stories of the offseason here right now. Trey Lance, all the things you mentioned, number three pick, broken ankle, you know, Like you said, didn't play much as a rookie. Of course, didn't get to play or practice at all this year, really, right? Didn't get to play last year at North Dakota State because of COVID. I mean, it's a long time here of not playing really quarterback for an extended period of time or any consistency, and now he's going to be the quarterback for the 49ers to start next year? I mean, by all due accounts, it looks that way right now just because – Again, with the Brock Purdy situation, I don't know when he's going to be ready there. It seems like that'll be a little while before he's like all systems go and can throw the ball to his total 100% capabilities. So, uh, again, I think this is a thing where a veteran quarterback is going to be discussed and talked about. Would kind of be shocked if there's not one brought in that's had some experience. And we'll see if they can make some... You know, headway here with Trey Lance this offseason and and get him ready to be the starting quarterback. But it's rare, right, Mike? It's so weird. It's one of the best teams in football, and we're not sure
0: who the hell the quarterback's going to be going into the next season. And they've got, like, the second or third best odds to win the Super Bowl next year, and we don't know who their quarterback's going to be going into next season, but that's the faith that people have in Kyle Shanahan and that defense. Hell, we don't know who their coordinator's going to be on the defensive side of the ball, (laughs) but we know they've got a roster full of badasses, and they're going to be good again. However it works out, it will work out. May not win the Super Bowl, but they're going to be pretty damn good next year. And I think that at this point, it is going to be Trey Lance or brock purdy brock purdy continues to weigh options on dealing with that elbow injury he hopes to make a decision soon suffered a torn ulnar collateral ligament in the nfc championship on that first drive when he was hit by hassan reddick team doctors recommend surgery rehab is expected to take six months and chris i look you get lance ready and if if he gets injured again, or if he's just not the guy, then you've got Purdy, and you still have this prospect of Jimmy Garoppolo looming, although I think he would have to find no takers whatsoever as a starter anywhere else before he would be willing to entertain coming back to San Francisco in a backup capacity, and it makes it even harder to sell this year because who knows that he'd even be number two.
1: Yeah, that's right. I don't expect Garoppolo to be back. I do think this is for sure Garoppolo will find a new place. I do think they have to find a guy that could play just in case a Brock Purdy isn't 100% or Trey Lance, who is, by all accounts, seems to be a little bit injury-prone with this style of football. they got to have somebody there as an insurance policy. Um, but, yeah, the, the the Purdy situation is the one I look at to where, yeah, he looked like he was in the driver's seat. As long as he didn't throw four interceptions on Saturday, he was going to be the starting quarterback. But this totally throws a wrench into to all those plans. And, and I know he made some comments about, I, I think I'll be able to throw after three months, and then at six months I'll be like full, you know, full 100% go. I, I don't know. You know, I guess that depends on the severity, the severity of, of the injury and all of that. But I, I can't imagine him being, you know, him total 100% self. Uh, when August rolls around. So that's where, and I just don't know where this goes, but, yeah, they're going to try to make it work with these two. I just think they need an insurance policy as well.
0: We're going to go ahead and take a break. We were going to do a draft today of the biggest winners from yesterday's coaching news, but instead we're going to do a draft of the biggest moments from Tom Brady's football career, which we believe this time is finally over. More PFT Live right after this. There's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers tweet thanking Tom Brady. This is a real thank you. Usually we see the thank you from a team account when they fired someone. This is a thank you, Tom Brady, for putting asses in the seats for three years and also for winning a Super Bowl. A thank you from the Patriots for winning six of them during his time with the team. There was actually a rumor floated at one point this year that maybe he'd go back to New England for one more ride, which would have been something. I am going to miss him not being part of the game. He's a great player. It's fun to watch. It's fun to watch him in prime time. It's fun to watch him slip into that that old-school Tom Brady, no-huddle mode when he's down multiple scores in the fourth quarter and he gets it done. We saw that a couple of times this right. year. The game will be different without him. So, Chris, with that said, let's have a draft of the best moments of Tom Brady's illustrious NFL career. As always, you're up first.
1: All right. Well, the, I, I think the the one that we got to go to right off the bat is 28-3, to 3, right? That's that's the first pick. I mean, again, there's there's his whole career. We could probably have two drafts here, but twenty-eight to three, you know, become the not only that comeback, the greatest Super Bowl comeback in the history, but also that also put him as the quarterback, the first one to win five Super Bowls. So that was like a double whammy. And then you add on, you know, some of the Deflate Gate circumstances around that. Man, that was one of the all-time, like, kiss-my-butt moments. I'm the freaking man uh, in the history of sports. So uh, that's the first one I go to. Tom Brady, 28-3 to is my first pick.
0: And and I remember being at that game after he threw the pick six in the first half. And he's sitting there, dejected on the turf. And I thought, wow, he is mortal. And then it started. And it started. And and that's the most memorable sporting event I've ever been present for. And I doubt that it's going to be topped. I hope I live long enough that it will be topped. But that was something. And uh, and that was, I remember saying at the time, the perfect opportunity to go get the ball after the game and stick it in Roger Goodell's stomach and say, put this in your trophy case, just like Paul Crew at the end of the longest (laughs) yard, both versions, first and second, because it was the culmination of the season where he missed the four games due to the deflate gate suspension. All right. For me, it's the first moment, the first big moment, the tuck rule game, the snow globe, Mm. the game that started it all. I mean, yes, he had played well enough during that regular season after Drew Bledsoe was injured to put the Patriots in position. But that was the moment the dynasty was born in New England in that snowy evening and, and the, the tuck rule that wasn't and the game winning field goal that was when the legend of Tom Brady really started to take root and uh, it's still something to see it now I'll never forget watching that game that night as we all came to grips with the fact that kind of like Brock Purdy this year this Tom Brady guy is going to be a pretty good quarterback
1: yeah I, I mean it's, the clutch comebacks they had that year and uh, he kind of seemed like you you know he was unflappable there was nothing you could do to bother him. Uh, and, and, and just, yeah, that was the start. You're right. That was the start. And maybe a little bit of a, you know, shamrock up the butt right there to help start it out. But either way, they took advantage of all their opportunities after that. But I, I, I would agree that's probably the first, like, marquee TV moment that you think about maybe with Tom Brady in a lot of ways, especially at the early part of his career. Um, all right, my next pick – you know, I think I'm going to go to Super Bowl 49. Uh, I- I'm going to go to Super 49 against the Legion of Boom in Arizona, right? Against the Seattle Seahawks, all of that to be down. What were they down? 20 to 10, if I have that right. I believe 24 it's 14. 24 14. Quarter. That's what it 24, was. 24 14. Knew it was 10 points to be down 24 14 to that group right there. And then again, that was a day where not only was that a special comeback against a special defense, but it was on the cusp of going, wait, I started off 3-0 and in Super Bowls, and here I am going to be 0-3, right? And, go, and instead, they get the win. All right, Malcolm Butler makes the play, but either way, that puts him in Terry Bradshaw, Joe Montanaville for four Super Bowls. That was a special moment. That really was. To come back on that defense and win that Super Bowl, uh, that was really remarkable.
0: I'm going to go to the entire 2007 season when the – Patriots became the first team to go 16-0, and yeah. and Tom Brady threw 50 touchdown passes. He had Randy Moss and Wes Welker. But that was kind of the year, and yes, they had won three Super Bowls in four years. They lost in the divisional round in 2005 to the Denver Broncos. But that was the year he kind of became. And 2006, they lost to uh, the Colts. They yeah. were up big, remember, 21 the to three, championship. 21-6. But 2000... 2007 was the year he became a superhero, that it was larger than life, that this is, I mean, holy crap, and this guy's going to keep going, and he's going to be great, and he became you know, more and more and more of a passer, not just a guy who's managing the game and making the big throw at the right time, but he became kind of next-level, big-numbers quarterback, and they won every single game, and they blew everybody out. There were no horseshoes up the butt that year they pretty much blew everyone out except maybe that ravens game remember that raven there's game a raven's a game an and eagles the, the, game
1: and the giants game the giants game yeah yeah right that was yeah. it and i was at that giants game You uh, know, that was the year after i had lost my spleen so i was on ir and i was i hey i mean i was in the nfl for three four years at that point and i was like I'm, I'm gonna go to the damn game and watch tom brady you know to your point i'm gonna see if he can break this record and see if they can go 16 and 0 it was a special team. It was a special night. Throws the bomb down the right sideline to, to Randy Moss, right, to break the record. Like, uh, certainly, you know, not shy of the big moments. And I think that's why my last one, damn, and there's so many good ones here to pick. But I, I don't know how I don't pick the the Super Bowl win with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, to go there, right, first year, Bucks. Not a team that's traditionally winning consistently, all that, to go there and then beat the defending Super Bowl champions and Patrick Mahomes and that game. Uh, th- that was just crazy. That-, that was the first time ever we thought, wait, it's it's possible for a quarterback in the first year to go somewhere and win the Super Bowl? I thought you need time to learn a system, and the team's got to get used to each other. Uh, just another great, great moment in the greatest career we've ever seen.
0: And God. <sighs> Where else do you go from here? Have we done the well, first Super Bowl win over the Rams? We well, no, that's what that? I was going to say. The last that's drive, just... that's
1: what I was going back for. you. He dethroned the greatest show on turf, right, and went and out-clutched Kurt Warner at the end of a game, right? That, I, that's, that That would probably be my next one if you want to take it. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, and so that, So that's, that's the one I'm taking because there's only three rounds. <laughs> right. I, you had, me, you had me thinking that that was one of your picks, and I was not remembering it was one of your picks, but it wasn't. So Super Bowl 36, and I remember vividly, and it's funny now to hear it, and I can't fault John Madden for it. John Madden was saying yeah. we should just play for overtime right. at this point, point." Right. and Brady's like, the hell with that. We're t-. And that, that's, that's that Joe Burrow mindset. These moments are too few and far between. Some rise to the occasion and some don't. Brady rose to the occasion. He gave us a glimpse then of what he was going to become throughout the course of his entire NFL career, which is now officially over, and this time we think he means it. By the way, 80 for Brady premiering in theaters nationwide this weekend. More PFT Live (laughs) right after this. So we know how this day is going to go, and we know how the next five years will go. Tom Brady, Destin, this is one of those where there won't even be a conversation. And some would say those are the only ones who should get in the Hall of Fame. If you need to have a debate, it's like that old thing, if you have to ask how much it is, you can't afford it. If you have to argue whether or not the guy should get in, he shouldn't get in. The only ones who should get in are the ones, of course it would be a pretty small Hall of Fame, but this is the one that we talk about, the Deion Sanders Hall of Fame, the Hall of Fame within the Hall of Fame. Maybe that's what they should do, have a Hall of Fame within the Hall of Fame. The guys for whom there is no debate, and Tom Brady would be the captain of that team.
1: Definitely would be. I mean, gosh, it's, it's, I would imagine that I think you know, before he's gone or whatever, that they're going to be a special wing in the Hall of Fame for Tom Brady. You know, regardless, yeah, he deserves to be in that Deion Sanders part of the Hall of Fame with a real gold jacket and all that. Like you're saying, you're right. These are these, these are Ray Lewis, Deion Sanders, Reggie White, Lawrence Taylor, Peyton Manning, right? Those guys, are your own spot. But Brady might be so big that he literally might have his own section. That's That's how big we're talking about. And Brady is the first guy, I think, at the NFL level, Mike, and you can please correct me if I'm wrong. Again, we're just going off the top of our heads here. Uh, nobody's become a world star out of the NFL like Tom Brady. He's the first world star the NFL has had, in my my opinion.
0: I think you're right. And I really do believe, and I'm starting to to come to terms with an idea that I'm going to put out there at some point into the ether. There really should be like a gods of football. Some name like that. I'm down with that. I don't know. But a room... A room within the Hall of Fame that is reserved for the busts of the guys where you don't even have a debate. Everyone knows there right. can be no debate. These are the guys. Oh, Tom we should have drafted this DLSA. moment, Mike. Drugs this moderators. is an all time great. He goes into the Weekend Hall of Fame. We Bernie's, too.
1: Brady.
2: <laughs> Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
1: The legends are true! We're overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes!